What is up and welcome back to the Square Sports Pod. This is your host, Mr. Bank, joined by my co-host, The Sandman, and we're going to be coming at you with some week two NFL action, touching on some week one storylines and getting you some plays for this week. What is up, Sandman? How you doing? Doing well. Uh, not to, Could be doing better after the first week of NFL action, but you know, we're going to bounce back and we'll be, we'll be better this week and going forward. Absolutely. Uh, I'll be honest, my plays weren't the best. Some of them did end up being a little square with where the money ended up, but you know, it was week one. Sometimes you, uh, you don't have the best plays week one and you got to bounce back and start reading the board a little better. So hopefully that's how it's going to go for me this week. Yeah. I mean, obviously one week's not a lot to go off of, but it's more than we had last week. So. Yeah. I think, uh, when you're talking about the NFL, especially only having 16 games, when you're looking at a team from week 10, you can't really take a ton from that week nine game. But I think when we're looking at week one, that's going to be the biggest information point we have to jump off of for week oh, yeah. two. Especially and then year. after that, yeah, exactly. With no preseason. And after week one, week two, we're looking back, week three, we're looking back on one and two. Each game is not going to be as much of a big deal, but you know, it'll just keep growing on itself with our, uh, how the information for each team's looking. So let's get right into it. Anything uh, specific you want to talk about from week one NFL? Um, well, one thing I'm pretty excited about, as I'm sure you are, as we are both pretty big Packer fans, um, obviously that performance was pretty exciting, especially on the offensive end of the ball. Uh, Rodgers, I've been, I've been down on Rodgers for two or three years. Um, there's a lot of Packer fans that are still – still consider him at that MVP level that he was at in the early 2010s. But um, honestly, on Sunday, he looked like his old self again. I know that Viking secondary is pretty much all new and they're not the best, but I mean, putting up 40 some on the Vikings is nothing to sneeze at. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, our other receivers outside of Adams look more competent than last year. So, you know, maybe, uh, Maybe Gutenhurst actually had a plan this year in the draft and free agency and instead of just everyone hating on him, maybe you know, maybe he was on to something. So we'll see here. Yeah, I don't know if we could go that far. I'm still not too sold on the Packers draft from this past year, but certainly exciting to see them go out and dominate week one and I mean they they did win by nine, but it seemed like it was uh, yeah, kind it was of a game that they controlled. Yeah, yeah. Kind of game they controlled from the start and I mean I played Devontae in DFS and couldn't have been more happy with that, the way Rodgers was targeting him, yeah. him on the field. So super excited after that week one uh, performance. And I think also uh, another thing about week one, was the Sunday night football game was interesting. And, I mean, I know you were uh, questioning Mike McCarthy with that uh, decision to go for it on fourth down, down instead of taking the field goal down three. Uh, you want to rip into the former Packers coach a little bit here? Yeah, I just – there wasn't a ton of offense in that second half from either team. You're finally driving, finally have a drive put together. What was it, fourth and three? Um, yeah, I mean, if you have an ace up your sleeve and you got you got a play that you're confident in, I get it. Um, but it wasn't anything special. and I, I don't know. I mean, you have – what was it, 35-yard field goal to tie the game. And you're going to yeah, get the ball would. back at least one more time. It's not like – like, if it was – if there was, I don't know, three minutes left, maybe, to go up, to try to go up four. Um, but that timing was just really weird, and I didn't like that at all. And then, obviously, another big controversy was that offensive pass interference I was pretty upset about. 
Um, I know I didn't have the Cowboys on my slate for week one, but I did end up betting them pretty big, um, tailing you, of course. And, I mean, it was a bang-bang play. I don't think that gets called if it's not the fourth end of the fourth quarter, but that would make me pretty upset. And, um, yeah, I just think, you know, those calls are always so objective or subjective and it didn't swing my way this time, but you know, of course we'll get some calls down the stretch on our side. So it all balances out. Yeah, it'll for sure uh, balance out, but that was a definitely a tough one. And I think it's interesting here though. Uh, the Cowboys uh, got a big game coming up this week at home. They, I think they really need this one to bounce back and they got the Falcons, but obviously a very winnable game, but I think they really need this one to, kind of keep their season on track. Yeah, I, I don't Redskins, think they want. The Redskins might run away with the NFC East if they don't win. <laughs> exactly. I don't think they want to be dropping a game at home against the Falcons and having McCarthy's job as the head coach being questioned that early because, you know, that's always how it is in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think you could also look at the other side of that game. And I think, gee, I, I didn't have – too much faith in the Rams coming in after last year. I just had a lot of question marks about golf and, you know, was Sean McVay really, really some genius or was he just kind of did everyone figure him out after year one? Um, but I was actually really impressed with their overall performance. You know, they took care of the ball pretty well, which was a problem for golf last year. The O-line looked much improved. I think, I think I didn't, I didn't think too highly of the Rams coming in, but you know, that game kind of gave me a wake up call and reminded me, Oh, this team's like, a, two years removed from the Super Bowl, or I guess a year removed from the Super Bowl. Yeah, they had a bad year last year, but I, I, I really think the Rams, they could be, I don't know about Super Bowl contenders, but I think they, they could be contenders out of the NFC, um, especially with my thinking that the 49ers are going to be down this year. I think that division's up for grabs, and I think the Rams could definitely take a step forward again this year and maybe be in, in consideration for that, that division. Yeah, I still don't think they're – I'm still not quite convinced about the Rams this year, but I do certainly think they're going to be a competitive team. And, I mean, they're kind of in win-now mode with the way their cap is and the way their team's structured. So yeah. they, they definitely have to be all in on this season. It'll be interesting to see how, how it goes for them down the stretch in that tough division. But um, anything else you want to touch on from week one? Um, I guess there's another obvious point. Um, Tom Brady – didn't look his stat line didn't end up too bad, but if you watched the game, he didn't look very good. Threw another pick six. That's three games in a row. Um, fun fact for you: that's more pick sixes than Aaron Rodgers has thrown in his entire career. Um, I don't know. I think you, you kind of a big a big question coming into the year was with the Patriots. You know, maybe last ever since maybe the Falcon Super Bowl that coming forward was that more of the scheme with Belichick. Is, you know, Brady wasn't really throwing 40-yard bombs anymore, and people were kind of questioning, is Brady assistant quarterback now? Is he still good? Um, and is Bill Belichick really the genius? And I think I think this these next few weeks are really going to show, you know, is Brady still still a good quarterback, or is, did he really just get carried by that system his last few years? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's certainly interesting to watch that game. It was hyped up quite a bit, and we saw the ratings afterwards were extremely good. One of the best NFL games they had, Fox had had in quite some time. 
but definitely did not live up to the hype, even though it was a 34-23 scoreline. Yeah, yeah. Boring game but for that high Yeah, score. It, it was – honestly, neither quarterback really impressed. I think no. Drew Brees looked a little, a little rough out there around the edges as well, and maybe – Having Michael Thomas a little banged up yeah. didn't help him, but I, I mean, forward too. that, yeah, that offense, like who really is it going to run through without Michael Thomas? I mean, you it could argue that Kamara. Yeah. You could argue that that offense is the, one of the few offenses in the league that's truly centered around one wide receiver and with Thomas out, I mean, that's what 12 to 15 targets just gone for the, yeah. and I mean, the they don't really have much weeks. else. Emmanuel Sanders is getting old. I think Jared Cook might be the Breeze's best target. I mean, Kamara probably, but in terms of like wide receiver, I think Jared Cook's probably his number one guy until yeah. Thomas is back. I don't really see Emmanuel Sanders reverting to 2015 form. So that'll, no, that'll be another thing to watch is like how Breeze handles it. Yeah. Jared Cook's production will definitely take up. And I know some people were discussing uh, in the fantasy circles, whether or not Traquan Smith is going to really provide anything of value for the Saints. But I do, I do think Breeze is really going to have to, stretch himself these next couple of games until Michael Thomas is back, sure. but yeah. it'll be for sure interesting to see how that goes. Um, other than that, I think really not, not too many injuries week one. Thankfully, we touched on the Michael Thomas a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, Marlon Mack goes down with a torn Achilles. So he's going to be out for the year, but that was quite the performance from Minshew as well. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how that backfield shapes up. Naheem Hines had quite the game. After Mac went out, Jonathan Taylor got a couple of touches. Uh, anything to say about uh, that Colts team and how they how they're looking? Yeah, I think honestly, I don't think that uh, that Mac injury is going to hurt him a ton because you know it's the running back position. It's going to be next man up. He's going to be fine. In today's NFL, I mean, unless your name's Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey, you know, is you're not making a huge huge impact on the game. Uh, you know. Next man up, I think, will be fine. Um, Jonathan Taylor is more than capable of carrying the load, running the ball. And I think, I mean, they still have Naheem Himes coming out of the backfield. So I think it honestly, like, I think they had one too many backs coming into the year, one too many good backs. Um, so I think they'll be just fine without Marlon Mack. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting not to make an injury about fantasy, but um, all those people that draft those Colts running back that I refuse to draft because they have three guys um, are going to be getting paid off for that questionable decision in my opinion, but Hey, it, it worked, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's always unfortunate to see uh, those people get rewarded when you, you were thinking that it wasn't the smart thing to do, but uh, well, we'll move on and we'll uh, assess the board for this week. Uh, and there's definitely going to be some interesting storylines this week coming after those week one games. Uh, I think overall went pretty smoothly for the NFL week one and couldn't be more excited that it's back. Uh, what's the first thing you want to touch on for week one? Uh, well, or week two, excuse me. Might as well start with that Thursday night game. Um, the Browns, I mean, the Ravens are really good, obviously, on both sides of the football, but the Browns looked really bad. Mayfield looked really bad. Uh, I guess maybe Kareem Hunt was their only bright spot, I, if you can say that. Um, defense looked terrible so you know I think this is kind of the year that the Browns really have to finally get over that hump you thought last year would be that year and if they don't this year you know they, they could easily bring in you know if they play really bad bring in uh, Trey Lance or any the other quarterback in the draft this year I mean Mayfield's had three years now and 
I don't know. I think I think they'll bounce back this week and win win uh, I don't know three points against a young Bengals team. But I think this is really a turning point, not only in the Brown season, but you know for their you know their next four or five years. You know, is OBJ going to be gone if they lose this game? Is is Mayfield starting going to going to have people start turning on him finally? You know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be for sure an interesting one. I think Joe Burrow had a had a decent showing week one. Didn't didn't do anything spectacular, but I think he made the plays. Had a couple unfortunate drops mm-hmm. from his wide receivers and things of that nature. Chance to win that game for sure in overtime. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, what like I like to see I, that. Yeah. Obviously, week one would have been exciting to see Burrow in overtime, but I I do have kind of a lean to Bengals plus six here, yeah, but I, I, I'm not going to be firing on it. It's, you know, it's a Thursday night game. You never know what's going to happen, and it would probably help Burrow as the rookie quarterback to get a couple extra days to prepare for just his week, his second yeah. game in the NFL, but I, I am not impressed by the Browns, and Playing six seems like a little too much. Yeah, I I would have the same way. Um, But the one thing I will be firing on, um, fun fact for you, in all of Baker's three primetime starts last year, he threw for under 200 yards, and they lost two of those three games pretty big. The current line is set at 239.5 yards for Baker. Um, I'm going to take the under on that. That's going to be my first play of the week. Yes, the Browns threw the ball. They only threw the ball 39 times last week, which seems like a lot, but they were they lost by 32 points. Um, you know, they're if, when you're down that much, you got to throw the football, and you only throw it 39 times in a 32 point blowout. Um, I I see the Browns throwing the ball 20, 22, 23 times. Um, and yeah, I just I just don't see Baker really showing up. Um, he's in the past he hasn't shown up on prime time. And I just like the line at 239. Yeah, I think that's a good play. And I'm I'm not going to be tailing, but I do think that's a, a very solid play. And like I said, I'm not too too excited about Baker this year. So no, I think anytime you can get on an under player prop, you're typically on the right side of it anyway. So I think that's a solid play for you. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to uh, some of the next games on the early slate of the NFL on Sunday. Um Falcons Cowboys you got anything to go on on that one um that's like we talked about earlier you know it's a pretty big it's a pretty big game for both teams coming in at 0-1 you know the Falcons always have these expectations coming into the year for some reason even though they haven't been good for a few years now but you know they have that offense that's has a lot of potential to be you know a top 10 top 5 top 10 offense in football um and I think yeah the Cowboys they always got they got this hype coming into the year. They picked up CD Lamb. They, you know, really improved that offense. Um, I would I would lean Cowboys in this one. Um, I think, you know, Leighton Vander Esch is going to miss it. That's going to be a big blow for them. But um, I think this is going to be a shootout. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Um, and I think that Cowboys defense just has a fairly significant edge on the Falcons. And you know they're going to get they're going to get a stop when they have to. Whereas I don't think the Falcons will. So. I lean Cowboys again this week, um, but not something I'm going to be firing on. I would also – the over-under was over under was, what, 52? 52 and a half, half yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to stay away from that one. It's pretty high total, but, you know, with these two offenses, it could easily go to 60, 65. So, um, 
yeah, I'm not going to be betting on this game, but it's definitely going to be an interesting one to watch and see how the Cowboys bounce back. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, like you were saying, 52.5, a bit high on the total, but certainly not the two best defenses out here and two pretty uh, efficient offenses when it comes to the passing game especially. So we'll see what happens, but minus four, a bit too expensive on the Cowboys side yeah. of things. So gonna be, I'm going to be passing that one overall as well, but certainly a game that you need to watch, I think, and see how the Cowboys bounce back from that week one loss on Sunday Night Football and see if maybe the Falcons are going to be legit this year and whether or not they can kind of get their season rolling or if they're going to be kind of in the same spot they were last year down at yeah. the middle of the season and having to make something happen to uh, let Dan Quinn keep his job. But let's keep it ro- rolling right into the next game, uh, Bills-Dolphins going to be in Miami and Bills are laying six on this one. Uh, I'm actually going to be six. Yeah. Bills laying six on this one in Miami. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be passing on this game as well. Uh, I'm only going to have five plays this week, kind of similar to last week, but Bills minus six. I mean, they could easily blow out Miami in this spot, but I don't think that uh, Miami is going to put two games that bad together in a row, but obviously Bills have a great defense, and this could be a pretty low-scoring game. Totals lined at 41. I just think that this is one of those games where Josh Allen's probably going to get his rush yards. Bills are going to pretty much control it, but six seems like a little too much. Yeah. I'd probably line it. I'm at the majority of books. I'm checking oh, okay. the Action Network right now. Um, yeah. That's why I was kind of surprised with six. I think I saw it at five or four and a half yesterday, and I was like, wow, it's already up to six. Um yeah, I'm not going to be taking a total on this game either, although I would probably lean Dolphins at that six number, five and a half. I don't even know if I have a lean. Um, but I will be taking the under 41. Uh, I okay. know it's a really low number, and uh, I think that's probably what the public's going to be on, uh, you know, considering these two deep – or these, I guess, not too high-potent offenses, and the Bills really got that – you know, top three defense in football, in my opinion. But I don't know. I think, you know, Fitzmagic might be running out here. He looked really bad last week against the Patriots defense that probably isn't quite on the same level as the Bills, especially with all those that turnover that the Patriots had. Um, and honestly, Josh Allen had a really good week last week um, against a pretty poor defense. But I'm still not buying him as a QB who can, you know, manage games and put up points against inferior teams. Uh, I think it'll be a really sloppy game, a lot of turnovers. Josh Allen had two fumbles last week. Um, I just see it as, you know, not a lot of touchdowns going to be scored here. A lot of field goals, a lot of turnovers. So I like the under 41 in this game. Yeah, I think this is one of those games that's going to be played more between the 20s than in the red zone. So (laughs) we'll see what happens. But um, I like that under 41 play. That's, I think that's solid, but I'm, I'm going to be passing the game overall and moving right on down the line to the Panthers catching nine uh, total lined at 47 and a half against the Bucks. Bucks kind of need a bounce back here. Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, so this is actually my best play of the week. Uh, I kind of, I guess I like the noon slate this week. You still haven't had any of your plays, but I'm hitting three of mine already on the noon and the Thursday, but um I think, like we said before, this is a game where we'll finally see if Brady can still sling the rock around or if he's really just an old man with a with check-down abilities. Um, I think he'll probably bounce back. I mean, the Panthers, I th- in my opinion, 
I almost clearly have the worst defense in football this year. Um, and when you lose a guy like Keekley, it's going to make it a lot worse. You know, even if they have a competent replacement, you're still losing the one of the best linebacker in football and, you know, your captain of your defense. Uh, they gave up, what, 42, 43 points to the Raiders last week? 34, uh, but yeah. it was, seemed like a lot. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think the Panthers' offense is still going to be – is still really good. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is definitely more than competent. You got McCaffrey. You got some weapons on the outside. Uh, again, their offense looked really good last week um, against, albeit, a Raiders' defense. It's not amazing. Um, but then the Buccaneers, you know, they still managed to put up 23 points in an ugly showing last week. I really like both of the, I like the Panthers offense to put up more than people expect. Um, I think the Bucks offense goes to work on this terrible Panthers defense. Um, I see this game finishing, you know, right around 30 to 26, 30 to 24, or yeah, 32, 24, something like that. Um, so I like the over here, 47 and a half, and that's going to be my best bet of the week. I think that I, I would put set that number right around 49 and a half or 50 as opposed to 47 and a half. Okay. I like what you're saying there. I think, I think the Bucks offense is certainly going to bounce back here and I'm not a huge believer in Brady this year, but I do think that they can, they're going to be able to get it rolling against oh, yeah. the suspect Panthers defense and put up, I would expect at least four touchdowns, but I do think that the Bucks defense, while we were kind of uh, coming at Drew Brees a little bit, saying that we think he might not be his same self this season, I do think the Bucks defense was pretty impressive last week against the Saints, and I do think they might be able to slow the Panthers down a little bit here. So I'm not going to have a play on the total, but I, I, I do agree with what you're saying on that uh, over 47 and a half, see if the Bucks can put up a lot of points there. But I'm going to be passing that one as well. And I'm actually not going to have a play, it looks like, for the next couple of games. But we're going to look quickly at the Broncos-Steelers game. Uh, both teams played on Monday Night Football. Broncos had the late game. Interesting one against the Titans, to say the least. But oh, yeah. Broncos catching seven and a half, total line at 41 and a half. Uh, I'm going to be passing this one, like I said. I think Steelers are going to come out and get get their season off to a 2-0 and start. But I do think that seven and a half is quite a bit. Uh, Drew Locke and the Broncos were able to move the ball in stretches against the Titans. And obviously Titans have pretty solid defense. Kind of, it's kind of similar to the Steelers, you could say, after yeah. signing Jadavian Clowney playing that uh, TJ Watt outside role. But um, I think it'll be an interesting game overall. Not, not too excited on either side. I'm just going to be passing it. How about you? Yeah, so here's my fourth play of the week right off the bat. Um, <laughs> I, like, I really like the Broncos plus seven and a half. When you're catching more than a touchdown in a game that's over-under set at 41 and a half, I think there's value there every time. You know, it's going to be a it's going to be a 24-17 game, and you know, and the Steelers are only going to be putting up 24-27 points. The Broncos' offense would really have to be poor this game to not cover. Um, I think seven, yeah, like I said, seven and a half points is a lot in a defensive battle. Uh, I think it's more likely that you see something like, you know, 24-21 or maybe 28-24, something along those lines. Um, you know, Drew Locke, he didn't, he didn't sling the ball all over the field last week. He didn't have amazing statistics, but he took care of the football. He's going to have Cortland Sutton back this week, I hope. Um, 
I was just saying, yeah, the Steelers have a good defense. Big Ben looked pretty good um, against the – sorry, I'm blanking right now. Who did the Steelers have last week? Uh, Giants. Yep. Um, but, the, you know, the Broncos defense is a different animal than those Giants. Um, I just think seven and a half is too much. Uh, more than a touchdown, it's going to be tough to cover in this low scoring of a game. For sure, for sure. Um, just going to be a – like you said, I think that's a good point on the – correlation between the Broncos catching over a touchdown and such a low total. Definitely something to look out for and maybe have a little correlated parlay there. Broncos plus seven and a half under 41 and a half. I might be looking into that one myself. Uh, interesting to see you get four plays out of the way right off the bat. And I still haven't gotten any in yet, but <laughs> let's move on to the Lions uh, going to Lambeau field, playing the Packers. Packers looking like they're laying about six and a half here. And uh, total lined at 49 and a half. What are you thinking about uh, your hometown team here, Packers? Yeah, so I do not have a play on this game. I know it's surprising. Uh, for once, I don't have a play. Um, but I'm confident in the Packers this week to at least win. Um, now the Lions secondary is really banged up. Akuda's out. They're missing a couple other guys back there. Um, I mean – I just, I just don't see him applying any resistance to this Packers offense the way it clicked last week. One thing I will say that I didn't mention at the beginning, I thought I thought Matt LaFleur was a little more creative in his play calling yes, uh, last week than he was last year. You know, running some misdirection with Urban, coming out of the backfield, jet sweeps, things like that, that you didn't really see last year. And I really think that could add a dynamic to this Packers offense that we haven't seen. And I think we'll continue to see it throughout this year. And it'll really – really make that offense click a little bit more. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay is going to be back for the Lions. He's going to be – Lions offense is going to be solid, I think. Um, the total is – what's 49, you said? 49 and a half, yeah. Um, I think that's right about where I would set it. Um, I would lean Packers by a touchdown, but I'm not going to be firing on this game. How about you? Uh, it's. I think it's an interesting game. I mean – like you were saying with the Packers and their offensive play calling, I think it was encouraging to see how they handled the game as it moved on. I think they still were somewhat creative towards the second half. And that's definitely something you want to see as a Packer fan this year, because the way that they handled their games last year, it kind of seemed like they did really well on the opening script, first drive, maybe second drive, but really didn't create too much after that. So hopefully they're going to be able to keep that rolling and, Stay somewhat creative throughout the whole game for 16 weeks here, but we will obviously see. And Lions, just classic Lions game, controlled the Bears for really the whole way, 23-6. to six, They were up going into the fourth, but for whatever reason, allowed Mitch Trubisky to get rolling on them and <laughs> score three unanswered touchdowns, win the game 27-23, I believe it was. Oh, so. thank you talking about that game. I believe our – that last week was 23 and a half on the Lions team total. It was um, indeed. A little side bet. So I managed to take that home with uh, zero points in the last 20 or so minutes by the Lions. It was never in yeah. doubt. Um, yeah, so not going to lie. I was feeling pretty good about it after they put up those points to get to 23 there. But mark it down. Uh, Mr. Bank is down one unit to Sandman right off the bat on those head-to-head uh, -head plays. So. Yes, sir. Unfortunate to see, but, you know, we can always bounce back. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Lions secondary allowed Mitch Trubisky to get rolling. So that says something about him. And I think what that says is that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day. Yeah, 
We'll see if um, he uh, is able to do what he did against the Vikings. Yeah, so I'm, I may actually look into that Rodgers passing yards line. Uh, if it's – I obviously haven't looked yet. I'm not going to be firing on it here on the podcast, but I think it will definitely be something to look into because I can easily see him putting up another 300-yard game, 300-plus uh, yard game this week against that terrible line secondary right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's uh, move right on to the Rams uh, going to Philadelphia playing the Eagles. I'm about to pick them, looking a little shaded towards the Rams, minus one, minus 105, minus 115 on the money line-ish. Total looking like 45 and a half is consensus. Anything for you right off the bat with this one? Yeah, so first off, I think it was interesting. Opened at three and a half, and it swung over four points to now be at Rams minus one. I think that says a lot about how the Rams looked in week one. I think it says a lot about how the Eagles looked in week one. Uh, I think this is another one of those interesting games. You know, we talked about the Cowboys, uh, our Cowboys game last week. You know, they didn't look that good. They got to bounce back this week uh, against the Falcons. And then I just think it's a similar thing with, with, the, with the Eagles here. You know, they, miss, they don't want to miss out on the playoffs again this year. Starting their season 0-2 would not be good. And you look at the other side, you know, like I said before, I, I see the Rams maybe contending for the NFC. And, if you know, if they can go, go to Philly and win this game, I think that would really solidify them as a contender, um, especially because I've always been bearish on the 49ers this offseason, and they didn't impress me in week one. Um, but in terms of this game specifically, um, I don't even really have a lean here. I in my opinion, the Eagles are one of the toughest teams to bet on in football. Um, sure. Last year, I don't remember specific games, obviously, but I remember they came into Lambeau and beat the Packers. One of the Packers' only three losses, and then they had some other terrible losses. So they're they're a really inconsistent team. Carson Wentz is really inconsistent. That defense is really inconsistent. So I think in general, I'm going to stay away from Eagles this year until I at least see a little bit more sample size. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting game to watch, and it could really shape two team seasons. Absolutely. I think, uh, like you were saying, with the, how the line swung quite a bit, it was definitely really interesting to see. But, you know, moving right on to the next one, I'm going to have my first play in this Vikings visiting the Colts game. And I think both teams, a little bit of a disappointing effort week one, and I think both teams are going to be looking to bounce back here. Vikings looking like three-point underdogs. Uh, about what, probably what you'd expect. I think both teams are looked at as pretty solid, not Super Bowl contenders, but playoff contenders coming in. So three seems like the appropriate line in terms of that. But I'm actually going to be taking a shot at the over 48 and a half, and that's going to be oh, my first play true. of the week. Uh, I think the, the Vikings really showed that their secondary isn't really – too capable against that in that game against the Packers. Obviously, we want to give some credit to Rodgers and Devontae Adams especially, but, I mean, there was even two big-time drops by MVS in that game that could have made the stats look even worse against the Vikings secondary, and I think Phillip Rivers is going to be able to get rolling in this one, put up some points for the Colts and get their offense clicking. Maybe Ferris Campbell get some touches, T.Y. Hilton get involved, but I also think that Kirk Cousins showed that when he's able to, you know, throw the ball a, couple, a little more versus yeah. getting two completions in the first half two against attempts, the Packers. Maybe two attempts. two attempts. It was two attempts with like five minutes left. I don't remember yeah. what he finished with, but yeah, it was not a lot. 
yeah, crazy first half there for the Vikings. I think that this one, especially if the Colts score early, is going to get opened up. And I really honestly could see this game going over even like 55 or 56 area. So over 48 and a half is going to be my first bet of the week. Uh, what are you thinking on this one, Sandman? So this is actually going to be my final play, and I'm actually going to be switching my best bet here. I'm not going to be taking the same thing as you. I'm going to be taking Vikings plus three. Um, so that's going to be my new best bet. You can scratch. Uh, what did I have before? Oh, the Bucks Panthers over 47 and a half. You kind of talked me talked me down a little bit on that one, um, and I just I, I think I like this one a little bit more. Um, I've been kind of low on the Colts all off season. You know, I don't think Philip Rivers is really the guy to lead your offense anymore. Um, and that doesn't change after what they did in week one against the Jags. Um, they couldn't stop Garner Minshew. And, you know, Garner Minshew, he's not a bad quarterback, but I think Kirk Cousins is a little better. Um, you know, Colts lost Mack, which in the long run, I don't see them being too troubled by, but, you know, maybe one week after they're they're stumbling out of the box a little bit in the run game. Um, I think the Vikings win this game outright fairly easily, you know, seven to ten points. Um, I think I think the Vikings secondary, you know, they still have, you know, Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith back there in the safety positions. They have the talent, I think, at safety. It's just, you know, they're starting a rookie corner. They're bringing in a new corner to start alongside him. Um you know, it sometimes takes those guys a game or a game or two to settle in. Uh, I think they'll be improved on the defensive side of the ball this game. Um, like I said, I don't think Philip Rivers is that guy anymore. So I just, I just like the Vikings a lot more in this game. So I'm going to be taking the Vikings plus three as my best bet. For sure, good stuff. I but think. I also, I also like your over. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh... I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I kind of agree with you on that one. I think the Vikings are going to control it. And, I mean, catching three on a team that you think is going to win outright is always always something you love on the NFL board. So yep. let's get into the Giants visiting the Chicago Bears. It's going to be an interesting matchup from, from a couple of different ways. Mm. But Giants catching five, total looking about 42. Honestly, wasn't super impressed. I mean, I guess that shouldn't sound too surprising, but wasn't too impressed with the Giants week one. Hmm. I mean, I felt like the Steelers really should have had more than the 26 they put up. Not necessarily because the Steelers' offense is so potent, but just because the Giants' defense is not yeah. impressive to that me Steelers, at all. The Giants came out a little stronger than, than they finished, and I think that Steelers came out a little sluggish. Yeah, for sure. And I was surprised to see – Slayton go over 100 and get two touchdowns from Daniel Jones. But the thing is with Daniel Jones, it seems like he he almost doesn't always have the turnover stats. But, I mean, there was a couple of times in that game where I was like, what, do you, what is he doing with these with these throws? And I think he had a fumble that the Giants did end up recovering. But uh, in this game against the Bears, I'm going to be passing on the side sides and the totals. But I do think five is a, kind of a lot for the Bears to be laying here. Not that they're a worse team than the Giants in any shape or form. I do think they're better, but I'm still not convinced by that Mitch Trubisky uh, fourth quarter that he's the solution to their problems at quarterback. And then you got Allen Robinson turmoil this week too. Um, Not I don't know if that affects the game or not, but 
it's something to keep in mind. I This is not a game I will be eager to tune into. Um, I don't think it'll be a very entertaining game. I think it'll be similar to that Dolphins-Bills game. You know, you got – well, Dolphins don't have a young quarterback, but in this game you got two young quarterbacks, haven't really proven themselves. Bears got a good defense. I, yeah, I'm going to be passing on both. Um, I guess I would lean probably under, but no strong leans or plays here. Um, honestly, even if I wanted to bet this game, I wouldn't want to put myself through watching it. So <laughs> that's another reason to stay away from betting this game. Yeah, no reason to, to spend too much time on that game, in my opinion, either. No. Let's move right on to the 49ers going to New York, MetLife Stadium, and they're going to be taking on the Jets. I do have a play on this one. I'm going to be taking Jets catching a touchdown at home here. Obviously not the best week one performance from the Jets, but I do think, I mean, they did, they did hang around, made a little run at it at the end there. Ended up losing to the Bills by 10 in Buffalo. And I think that performance from the 49ers as well just was not too encouraging going to be interesting to see the Kittle injury news. I think I am I am not going to be firing on this one quite yet because I think it, it's only going to go up for the Jets. I don't see too many people yeah. hopping on the Jets and moving it down to six and a half. So it's going to be one that I'm going to wait on. Hopefully maybe catch the hook and get seven and a half. I just think that this one in New York, I don't think the San, San Francisco 49ers are going to come, come across the country, play an early game and just blow the brakes off the Jets here. I know it's something they're capable of, something they did last season, but I'm kind of with you on being a little down on the 49ers this year. I do think they're going to win this game. I don't think they're going to move to 0-2, but I do think the Jets are going to stay somewhat competitive in this one, and at at worst, they're going to stick around and have a chance for a backdoor touchdown at the end, something that Sam Darnold yeah. can put on his resume as another touchdown his on the board. Best moment. Yeah, exactly. spread in the fourth against the Niners. Exactly. He hasn't um, been super impressive, but no. what's your take on that one? I, well, I know you love your your traveling teams playing early games. <laughs> um, I think the Jets are really, really, really bad. Um, obviously, you can't read too much into Week One, but looking at last year with Adam Gase, they just really didn't impress anyone. Um, Le'Veon Bell's not going to play, which take take that take from that what you will, but uh, I would. I don't really have a lean here even. Uh, it's not really a game I would feel confident betting in on. You know, I don't like the 49ers, but I also don't like the Jets. Um, and I think this line is right about where I would put it. Um, but, yeah, I don't mind that play at all. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, so I, I got Jets plus seven. Let's move on to uh, AFC South Divisional Battle. Titans hosting the Jets. Jets. This one gonna be, uh, or sorry, not the Jets, the Jags. This one gonna be lined around Titans minus nine, and yeah, forty-two and a half for the total. Yeah, opened at eleven, so there is some Jags love coming in. <laughs> uh, you got any any thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, I like. I probably like the Jags to cover here. I'm not gonna be firing on it. The Titans really didn't look all that great. You know, I think Goskowski will be fine. I'm not concerned about that. But I don't know. That offense just 
that offense has had last year going forward to this year. They've had a lot of red zone problems. They were the worst red zone offense in football last year. Uh, well, they did have the best red zone defense. Um, I don't know. I just the Titans. I'm kind of waiting and seeing on. I think I think they'll be a good football team this year, but that week one performance didn't really encourage me. And then I don't know. The Jags are the Jags. They're not going to come in and win this game, but you know, Minshew's shown the ability to keep games competitive, and I think I think he'll probably do that again here. Certainly, I think that. This is going to be one of those games. I mean, we've all seen it before, the games where Derrick Henry gets going and kind of just runs all over. And, I mean, especially the Jaguars, he's done it too plenty of times. I think that Tennessee is going to control the tempo in this one. But I do have a play on Jags plus nine. Wish I would have gotten that at plus 11, yeah. but I'm probably going to be firing on plus nine before potentially moves down to eight and a half. I do think that while the Titans will control the tempo in this one, this, I mean, honestly, when you look at it, this one could be one of those correlated games, Jags plus nine with the under maybe. Yeah. But I do think Tennessee's going to try to control the tempo on this one, get up, uh, get their record to 2-0. and So I, do, I think that the, the Jags can stick around in this one and stay within a touchdown or around that area for most of the game. And like you were saying, Minshew always has the ability to bring them back and get maybe a late touchdown and secure this this cover. I mean, anytime you're catching over a touchdown in a game, it's always, it's always nice to have a quarterback like that, that can kind of just sling it around at the end. Doesn't really care too much about what happens on those throws with a minute left when you're down 10 points. But I, I, I just think the Jags here plus nine provides a little bit of value. Yeah. And like we were saying, Titans week one wasn't super impressive. I, I haven't seen any news on Gostowski to see if they're, cutting them loose or not. I mean, I, I kind of so. expected them to, but the fact that he did hit the game winner has got to maybe get them back in their good graces. But, I mean, they can't be super confident coming into this game. So this might be a vintage Titans game from last year where anytime they're in the red zone, they're just going for it regardless of even if it's yeah. a fourth and seven type situation and we won't see any field goals out of them. So I do think that favors the Jags a little bit where uh, Titans might – not have the best kicking game here, but yeah, Jags plus nine is going to be my second play of the week. And let's roll right into the next game on the board. Washington football team taking on the Arizona Cardinals who have moved to one and zero after the 49ers game last week. What's your take on this one? Um, another game that I'm not going to be firing on either way. As you guys know, I've given my five bets already. Um, you know, I, Dwayne Haskins was okay last week. Um, that defense, I think, is pretty damn good. Um, they're, they're pretty, they're young, but they're they've got a lot of those guys have you know entering their third, fourth year. That D line is stacked with Nick Young and Payne and a couple other guys. Um, I would lean probably under forty-seven and a half if anything here. Um, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are going to do their thing again, but. Um, yeah, I see the Cardinals coming out on top here probably. Um, I just don't think Dwayne Haskins has what it takes to beat this football team. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to be firing on the total. Six and a half is, you know, right around where I see it probably ending. Yeah. Uh, I don't really like this game too much either, to be honest with you. I think the Cardinals had a pretty a decent showing week one, but nothing super impressive. And, I mean, Washington putting up 27 straight against, Philly was 
was pretty impressive to be honest, but I don't know how sustainable that's going to be against this Cardinals team and on the road too on the West coast, but we'll see what happens. I think I really don't have too much to say about it. I'm just going to be passing it and moving on to the next one, which is a pretty exciting one in Ravens, Texans. Going to be fun to see Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson going at it. Yeah. I, I think that the Texans are going to bounce back here. I don't have a play on it, but I do think that they're going to keep it interesting throughout the whole game and would probably lean to the plus seven. But I'm I'm just hoping for an exciting game here and one of the this game probably the most hyped up, hyped up game of the week. I'm hoping that it lives up to it a little more than Bucks Saints did last week for sure. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we get that shootout that we thought. Well, we ended up getting a fairly high scoring game with Texans Chiefs last week, but there was a few few periods there where it was kind of laggy on the offensive side of the ball, especially for the Texans. Um, so I'm hoping for a shootout in this game. I also don't have a side or really any leans, um, but I'm excited to watch. Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, let's get keep. Ah, sorry, excuse me. Now let's keep on rolling. Get to uh, the third afternoon game. Kansas City Chiefs going to be going to LA to take on the Chargers. Chiefs laying nine. Total looking around forty-seven and a half. I uh, got to be honest. You're, you're seeing eight and a half on the side. Yeah, but here and okay. there, I don't have a play on it. I don't know if you do, but uh, do you have any thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, if I'm going to be honest, I think the Chargers were a little disappointing in week one. Uh, yeah, went to Cincinnati Taylor and kind of got lucky to get out of there with a 16-13 win, to be honest. I mean, they could have won in overtime for sure, but should have at least had to prove themselves in the overtime period. I think that Kansas City is kind of just going to run all over them here. And to be honest, I also did not think that Kansas City really brought out their best stuff week one against the Texans. I think they kind of kept some of their things in the bag. And I mean, against the Chargers team might not be the time that they bring everything out either, but I do have a play on this game. going to be Chiefs first half minus four and a half. Honestly, it might take the alternate up to six and a half if I can get good odds on it, just because that corridor is not going to be super important in a first half. But I just think that the Chiefs are going to come out here and kind of flex their muscles a little bit, show that Tyrod, they don't think Tyrod Taylor can keep up with them in a, in a shootout. And I, I like the Chiefs to put up some points here early. Minus four and a half first half, I, I think they aren't going to have too much trouble covering. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that. I like that play a lot, actually. So we can go ahead and move on to our next game, which is the Sunday night game, I believe. Patriots and Seahawks. I think this is another interesting game. Uh, Mr. Bank, are you still here? Yeah, you got me. All right. Um, you're kind of lagging out a little bit here on my mic, but um, I'm going to go ahead and just pass on this game. I would lean probably Seahawks. I would have liked it a lot more at its opening price of three. Now it's at four. Um, I think this is, you know, like I said with the the Buccaneers game, this is kind of where we see is Bill Belichick really, really the catalyst of that dynasty, or is was it really Tom Brady in that offense? So we'll see. I'm not sold on Cam Newton quite yet. He looked okay in the first game. He didn't really throw all that well, but he had a couple rushing touchdowns. Um, I just think the Seahawks take care of business in this one. Prime time, Russell Wilson never something you want to miss or bet against. Um, so I would lean Seahawks minus four, but I don't have an official play. How about you? I'm going to be uh, passing this one as well. I think that 
the Patriots are going to come out and, you know, probably show some defensive uh, toughness here. You know, not going to let the Seahawks roll over them like the, they did against the Falcons week one. But I, I would probably lean towards Seahawks here. I just think they've got more firepower. And, I mean, it was pretty exciting to see how they let Russ play in week one, let him pass the ball a little more than they have in previous years. So it'll be interesting to see if Russell Wilson is going to put together an MVP-type campaign. I think he can. Get his first MVP vote of his career. <laughs> yeah. He certainly can if they let him uh, let him throw the ball around. So, I mean, I just think it's going to be a great Sunday night football game and one that we can all look forward to, recap a nice Sunday of football. And I'll probably end up betting it when I go, you know, <laughs> exactly. five units in, in the early games. So, if I <laughs> yeah, do, I'll take I mean, the Seahawks, but I'm hoping not to have to fire on this one. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I'm, I'm probably in the same boat as you on that one. Um, so... After that, let's get on to the last game of the week. We're going to have the Saints going to Las Vegas, and the Raiders are going to be opening up their new stadium there, albeit with no fans, unfortunately. Saints are going to be laying about six, maybe five and a half, depending on the book you're looking at, and the total is going to be lined at 49. Yeah, 49 uh, to 50 and a half, one, anywhere in there. You're seeing what? Yeah, anywhere from 49 to 50.5, somewhere in that range. Yeah, big uh, kind of big disparities on the total in different books. But um, what, you got any thoughts on this game in particular? Um, this game is something I'll probably stay away from. You know, with Michael Thomas missing, you never know how the Saints offense is going to be. Um, I would probably lean under here if you get it at over 50, uh, which I'm seeing at quite a few different books here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like the Saints to probably win this game. Um, but I think it'll be it'll be fairly close. I think that Raiders offense with, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs running the football can really chew some clock there and keep the ball out of Drew Brees' hand and keep this one close. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm actually going to be having a play on this one, though. And I do think – I like what you're saying with that under. I think that the Raiders opening up their new stadium here, I do think it's going to be a little different not having fans there, but – I think that they're going to come ready to play in this one, and they're going to come out firing out the gates. I'm going to be taking Raiders plus six as my best bet. And initially, looking at the, I was looking at the look ahead lines, seeing what this game was lined up. Uh, yeah, four and a half started, and yeah, I mean, I didn't really have too much of a lean towards the Raiders. I thought they were going to obviously play well, as it'll be their home opener in a new stadium and new new city, especially, but. With the Michael Thomas news, just really makes me think that the Saints are not going to be able to move the ball like we historically know the Saints have. And I just think that six is a lot of points for the Saints to lay when I'm not super convinced that they're going to put up more than three touchdowns in this one. So I'm going to be taking Raiders plus six. I think that uh, Raiders putting up 34, obviously on a terrible defense week one, but I think that gets them rolling a little bit. I think they'll come into this one with a bit of a rhythm while the yeah. Saints on their heels. So. Yeah, I'm kind of confused at that line movement as well. You know, the Saints, I guess you could say they beat the box, but they didn't really look all that impressive. So maybe it's, you know, people just looking at that score saying, oh, the Saints beat the Bucks by over a touchdown. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't really impressed with that Saints team at all. Tom, uh, the Bucks just, in my opinion, didn't look very good. And the Raiders' offense looked more than capable of putting up points. So I would also tend to lean with that Raiders plus six. 
just seems weird that uh, the Saints are laying six here on the road. I mean, I guess we could argue what the what the home field should be here, things of that nature. But with with Michael Thomas out, I'm I'm very interested to see how the Saints offense goes and how uh, who they're going to be targeting. And I mean, because you know they want to get uh, Breeze to get his pass attempts, but I think we could see this as a game where Taysom Hill gets involved quite a bit. But yeah. taking Raiders plus six is my best bet to go along with my other plays for the week of Chiefs. First half minus four and a half, Jags plus nine, Jets plus seven, and the Vikings over 48 and a half. Uh, you want to recap your plays for us? Yeah, so my first play is going to be Thursday night, Baker Mayfield under 239 and a half passing yards. Vikings plus three is my best bet. And then I got Dolphins, Bills under 41. Bucks, Panthers over 47 and a half and the Broncos plus seven and a half. And I actually, we didn't have any really, uh, you know, bets going against each other this week, but I am going to challenge you on that just plus seven and I'm going to take the Niners minus seven. I know I said I didn't love the Niners, but I hate the Jets even more. I think they'll be terrible against competent or good 49ers defense. And I think the Jets will put up know, 200 total yards and the 49ers will win by 14. So I'm going to actually, not an official play, but we're going to do a little side. I'm taking you on a side, another side bet, looking to go up two units on you on the season and taking 49ers plus seven. All right, a little crossfire there. I'll be having Jets plus seven, uh, Sandman having 49ers minus seven. Your argument about uh, 49ers having a good defense there, I mean, I think we could say the same about the Bills, and it did finish as a 10-point game. Obviously, we're not going to have. I mean, things yeah, the Jets freaking sucked the whole game. But, <laughs> got garbage. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not arguing that the Jets played well there. I just, I, I do think seven's a lot to lay on the road for a 49ers team that I'm not too convinced about. But there we go. We got a crossfire for this week. We got a great slate of games and uh, some exciting primetime games as well. Maybe not so, so much the Thursday night game, but I mean, we'll still be tuned in. We love our NFL football. Uh, I think it's going to be a great week. A lot of divisional games to see uh, how some divisions can start to shape out just a couple, two weeks in. And we all know the NFL stat about how 0-2 teams really struggle to make the playoffs. So definitely a big week for teams that are 0-1 to try and get rolling here. Anything you got, Sandman, to wrap us up? Yeah, so just reminder to keep checking out our Twitter. All of our plays will be posted on there. And if, if you know, we really like some kind of line movement throughout the next few days uh, we could always post a new play there or on our personal twitters which will be tagged in the bio uh, so make sure to give those all a follow um, and i'm going to remind everyone that i currently have a two unit lead on mr bank uh, for the season having finished three and two last week while mr bank struggled and went one and four and i'm also going to plug both of our best bets hit last week so if you want to make some money take vikings plus three and raiders plus six yeah, well, uh, I can't really argue with that. I, I did go one and four, <laughs> I'll be honest. He caught a hook, though, on one of them, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But it, it, You know, it happens. Uh, we'll see what happens this upcoming week. I'm hoping that I can uh, get on the right side of things, at least go 60%, 3-2, some, uh, get some momentum back. But thanks, everyone, for listening. And this is going to wrap it up for our week two preview of the NFL. Uh, it's going to be a great week out there. And uh, enjoy the football. It's great for it to be back. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you very much.